Um, so welcome back. My name is Rob Wong, and I have no idea where to take this podcast or where yeah, it's going. Yeah, we're going to take it in the direction of who the fuck knows where, man, but it's going to be fun, and we're going to enjoy it, and hopefully you will too. So what's happening, Rob? Good to see you, man. Good to see you smiling. Yeah, good to see you too, dude. Um, yeah, I, I was I was pretty shut down today. I showed up like really low energy and kind of defeated in in talking with Scott about how we wanted to do today's podcast. We ran through a number of things, um, but kind of the one thing that resonated was was along the lines of like 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 choosing your own path. But let me let me explain that in terms that I that I I interpreted in like. I think when I look at the way that I chose to do growth for a long time, um, it was definitely like the path of challenge and suffering. Like that's, that's how I learned to grow as a human being. And it's something that I know works. Um, so if there was something that I was afraid of, I would take that as a sign that I needed to do it. Uh, that's how I did parkour. That's how I did rock climbing. It's how I learned to do a front flip, uh, launched business, uh, anything that I was terrified of, it was like, okay, you just, you got to do it now. Like, uh, and, <laughs> and that is <laughs> admittedly an effective way of learning new skills. Um, and, and I guess I wanted to talk about like kind of coming to balance with that. Cause there's a certain point I think of growth where that perspective doesn't serve anymore. Um, and it, it can, it can happen in the realm of happiness most easily, I think. Like, I remember trying to do that to become more happy with who I was and how my life was going. Um, and I was doing stuff like like holding my breath until it felt like I was gonna die and then I'd just keep on holding my breath because I was trying to extinguish my fear response, which if you've ever tried that before, you are, you already know that that's like, a really good way of pissing off your nervous system. So it's like in a panic for like four or five days afterwards, it just doesn't work. Um, and so I, I think I, I, the, the way I wanted to take this conversation and I'm open to whatever direction it ends up going was like, as kind of an eye opener for you, who's listening right now, just an open discussion of like, Hey, there are a lot of different ways out there. And do I need to be suffering the, to the degree that I'm suffering? Do I need to be pushing myself to the degree that I'm pushing myself? Um, and and I, I really do feel like that's a line in the sand, but that's also a lot of speaking on my behalf. So what's coming up for you, man? No, I, 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 I like to suffer in certain contexts. When it comes <laughs> to working out, I wanted I, the harder, the better. I want to take the path least tra or the path least least traveled um but i like i noticed today when i was working out there were some things that i wasn't really good at and i want to quit really quickly and that's just when i do when i notice that it's like oh i'm going to push myself a little bit further i'm going to breathe into it i'm going to feel it and i'm going to pay attention to my body and not push myself you know too far where I injure myself. It's like, okay, I'm noticing I'm in pain right now. This I'm okay. And from past my, drawing from my past experience, I know I have a little bit more to give. Can I, um, can I go a little further? And so what I noticed today, I was doing, uh, my core is kind of weak in my lower back 
every time I get injured, it's my lower back. So my core lower back needs, needs work. So I was doing a, a core exercise and when I noticed I, I was struggling after like the first movement and it was just laying on the, laying on the ground with one leg up, one leg elevated and one leg straight out with my hand to the side of the leg that was up like a pistol in my hand. And I would just rock my body up and down. So I was just flexing my trunk. First one, I was already dying. I'm like, holy shit. And she's like, okay, we're going to do 10. And I noticed when I got to eight, before I got to eight, I was like, okay, in my mind, I was aware that my mind was like, you're going to quit at eight. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going to go to 10. I know I got a little bit more. I know I can push past wherever I'm going to quit. I can go a little bit further, a little bit. And so I did. I, I noticed I was aware, Hey, I'm going to quit. This is where I usually do, but I'm going to push myself a little bit further. When I got to 10, I was done. And I, I knew it because if I tried to continue it, my form would have been bad. I could have injured myself, my breathing. I was, I would have been holding my breath, I think. So, um, it, yeah, it's trusting yourself too, I think, man. Trusting you. Like if she would have tried to push me to 12, I would have been like, no, you know, this is where I'm at. I know, you know, I, I have an awareness that this will be good, really. I got to eight was where I wanted to quit. I went to 10, 12 would have been too far. And I would have trusted myself. And I, you know, if, if that were the case. Yeah, I like I like that distinction. Certain, certainly, I would agree that um, a big chunk of this is just self-awareness. Um, do I know myself well enough to know where my line is? Um, and, and I guess I, I, looking at how, where this conversation is going, I think I figured out a way to make this more relevant to you warriors listening right now. Um, this, this is ultimately a conversation about growth and skill acquisition. If you're looking to become an expert in a subject, um, this, this is how Scott and I navigate this process. Um, Scott, you've been, you've been like, you're like the most jacked, like older person that I've seen. So you've been working out for like 30 like, years, bro. No, 20, 26 years. Okay. That's yeah. That's like 10 years away from how old I am as a person. <laughs> like, it's like almost, almost as long as I've been around, Scott's been working out. Um, and so you can trust that there's a certain level of mastery that's there. And and similarly over here, like there are skills that I've been pursuing for a good chunk of my adult lifespan. And and there's just like, there are places where you learn that the same thing that's carried you the entire time will stop being effective. Like, for instance, I was trying to climb, uh, rock climbing rather, going to the V4 level for... Uh, in the initial rush, like I was just trying to get to V4 as fast as possible. Um, and to give some context for that, like V0 to V1 and V2, that's usually like a good beginner will be able to climb in that range. V3 is where things begin to get challenging, but you can do it if you're strong enough. V4 is usually the limit. This is where people get stuck because up until that point, you can brute force your way through. If you are strong enough, if you have enough finger strength, if you can do a one-arm pull-up, V4 is not that bad, but then you'll plateau. And I plateaued for about 10 years. Um, and it was, it was very much that system of like, hey, let me just push myself further and harder, further and harder. Um, it wasn't until I started getting injured from doing that process that one, I learned where the limit in the line was. 
So the path of challenge is great until I know that I'm pushing my physical limits and it's going to like knock me out for a week and then just going to wander around hobbled with one arm or whatever, just, just in a permanent claw position. Cause like <laughs> I've destroyed my forearm. Um, and, and so that really had me looking at like, okay, well, what am I doing wrong in this process that's having me get injured and how can I progress from here, even though I am injured. And all of a sudden I had to begin looking at, okay, what wouldn't make this injury worse? Well, I, I think, I think if I decreased the amount of work that my arms and shoulders were doing. And so it became a process of like, okay, how do I make this move as effortless as possible? Then I would rehearse the same rock climbing route again and again and again until every move felt like as easy as it could be. Like I make a little shift to my weight and then I do a little reach and there's no like strain or twitching or like my hands aren't shaking. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just kind of beginning to recognize that as, as any, as you learn any skill, your initial approach will take you so far. And then you'll usually plateau and that I, I've, I'm finding that that plateau means that it's time to find a new approach to this thing. Um, like the old way isn't going to work. And, and like a great an analogy of this is like learning to do the splits. Um, mm. I was trying to get flexible for a really long time. Yeah. And like you can force it like it by default. I think most of us are like, okay, how would I do the splits? Let me just spread my legs as far. That sounds really, yeah. that sounds, yeah, it sounds dirty. Easy. Yeah. Like <laughs> it is. That did sound dirty, right? Just spread my legs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, right. It, like, so basically let me see how far my legs will go apart. And then I'm just going to try to continue to do that every single day. Um, but then I started watching videos on this from like people who know what they're doing and that train gymnasts and they're like, yo, um, at a certain point, your muscles, the way that your bones fit into their sockets will stop you from getting all the way down. Like, and the only way to continue further down is that you have to rotate your legs. Um, so there's like that, that hard physical limitation, no matter how much I force this, I won't be able to make further progress until maybe I stop going so hard on myself. Uh, now that sounds really dirty as well. I guess that's just the frame of mind that I'm in today. <laughs> like, hey, dude, I gotta get you laid, man. <laughs> <laughs> that has been that's been like less and less of an issue over time. Like, I, I feel like I don't. This is off topic, but I guess if you're learning how to get laid, then maybe this will be helpful. But I, not not you, it's Scott. Scott Scott doesn't need any help getting laid. I are you kidding me? That's bullshit, man. For all <laughs> like. Listen, I have plenty to learn about absolutely everything. being a better father, being a better podcast host, getting laid, whatever it is. Like, I am not an expert at anything, man. I am open to everything and attached to nothing. I don't, I don't have it all figured out. I'm raising my hand. I've got shit to learn. I do okay, and I have some shit to learn. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like you might already know this one, but if for you, the listeners, if you if you're interested in this, I'm I'm gonna spill something that I found to be helpful for that. Um, but it's it's like like when when I get turned on before the way that it used to go was like like I need like to find immediate relief. I need to have sex. I need to go and jerk off or watch some porn or something. And I, what what I 
came to discover, and this was like shocking to me, was that like, hey, actually this arousal just feels like uncomfortable in my body. Like there's some stuck energy and I don't know how to move it or get rid of it or be with it. Um, and so then I just started learning how to like be with that discomfort, how to move that energy and just breathe through it. Um, and, and you can do that with an edging practice. Like you just get yourself really turned on. You get like five or six strokes away from coming and then you stop and then you're like, this sucks. And then you go again and you see how long you can keep on the edge without coming. The, the goal is just don't, don't finish. And then you let it go and you carry that like arousal charge around with you for the rest of the day, which is like, is like drinking a cup of coffee. Like it's fucking impactful. But mm -hmm. I, I think as you build up that skill set being aroused doesn't feel uncomfortable anymore and then there's no pressure on the girl like she doesn't feel that like latent like oh i have to fucking get laid and as a result of that i think it's just it's it's even easier to get laid now because they don't feel any pressure from me to have sex because i really genuinely don't need it um so ironically like you get the thing that you don't you don't fucking have to have I love that, man. That's brilliant. Yeah. I, I, cause I, it, see, I do, I do need, I am learning something, man. I mean, that's been a recent practice for me too. Like I get it. Like I remember I was sexting with this girl and I, as soon as I got aroused, I was like, holy shit, I got to get rid of this. I was looking, I was looking around, like literally I'm the, the sexting was super powerful. Like she was feeling it. I was feeling it. And I'm like, okay, I, I want to release. And then I realized, Oh no, I'm going to hold on to this. And the more I held on to it, the, the more I was able to relay it into the phone and the message to her. And it was just really playful and great. And it was like edging. Like I got to a point where I thought I needed to release the, that energy release, you know, and have an orgasm. Like, no, this is cool. And I just started to play with it inside my body, like from my toes up to my head, swirling it around. And I, yeah, I like the fact that what you said, Rob, about, not having to get laid. Like I, I got, I'm taking good care of myself over here. I don't need to get laid. Like I, this is my energy. This is my stuff. I'm working with it. It's my nervous system. It's my psychology. It's my physiology. This feels great. And I don't need a release. I don't need to put my dick inside of a vagina. And I, you know, I, and then ultimately what you're saying is it ends up happening, but you can also play that edging game while you're having sex with her and if that's if you're a boy and you uh, you're a man and you you know have sex with women whatever it is that you're into it, I, we're just two hetero dudes so i always default to a woman um but yeah i like edging inside of the bedroom while having sex like really teasing her and getting her so close to the edge and then just stopping like getting super still and like almost to the point i remember one time you know the the woman was begging me for it and i liked that that was a turn on like and it, and it was really playful and you know she was she was just writhing and you know just really feeling it it was like i, I like the fact i'm there's no destination inside of sex or in the bedroom it's like let's why do we have to end it and i realized why i used to have to get to the ending and release was because that's what i learned growing up pornography um that was just my default setting. And now it's like, why do I want this to end? This could go on and on and on and on and on. And then after sex, if there is some sort of release, if that's what you choose, then 
that's when foreplay begins again. So you're, it's like you're never not having sex. It's foreplay all the time. And it's beautiful, man. If you can play with it, you know what I'm saying? Like it's never ending. It's never ending. It's a never ending like uh, cycle of like edging. You know, yeah. I, I, I like that. I like that practice, man. Yeah, I, I was laughing because this in my head, it's like I can, this is easily turning into the mo- the horniest episode we've ever recorded. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about rock climbing and fucking the gym and like holding, and now we're talking about uh, not coming and fucking edging. Yeah, but I love it, man. It's it's great yeah. to see where we started in the beginning of the episode where we were both were, and now just you know just being curious and allowing it to go where it goes, and it it feels like a valuable you know piece of content that will be helpful for the listeners man for the warriors out there like i love it yeah i, th- I think so too because as you're speaking uh, i'm i'm also really present so like there's a lot of benefit to being able to hold on to that sexual charge like edging edging in of itself is fucking amazing but i, mm. I think it's also like it's this microcosm for like how willing am I to find the pleasure and enjoyment in the process rather than looking to just get to the finish as quickly as possible. Um, which ironically again is like a really great way of becoming an expert at something. Once you learn to really just fucking enjoy doing the thing, there's no reason to seek mastery anymore at which point, you've crossed over the threshold into that, like what most people would consider mastery. It's like a self-improving skill at that point, but to bring it back to, to the sex analogy. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's revisit that room. Let's do it. Man. Uh, no, I like what you said, Rob, about, you know, because that's the cliche, right? It's not, there, there is no destination. It's about the journey. So edging is about the journey. You're staying present to the, you know, in each moment, like you're not, futurizing so and what i think i heard you saying was in those moments when you're really present and you're just playing within those confines that you have mastery at that moment because you're just being there's no thinking about oh i got to do this technique and i if i just flick or click this way and i never (laughs) that's going to be the you know if i could just do this it's like then you've lost it and you're like you're an amateur you're really not even really you're you're in performance mode not in presence and in presence you have mastery because there's nowhere to go there's nothing to do you're purely being in the moment enjoying the pleasure in your own body while being attuned to hers as well and so that is mastery man that is you know that's it right there yeah yeah that resonates um what's what's coming to mind too is like i i usually can tell the difference between when i'm like becoming really skilled at something versus when I'm really just still in the beginner mode. Like the shift for me is like how much shame I feel when I make a mistake or like, yeah, how, how deeply am I in my own head when I'm doing this thing? Um, and a really consistent thing, uh, warriors that, that you'll see among people who have mastered a skill set is they'll do brain scans on these people while they're doing the thing that they've mastered and you won't see anything at all happening upstairs. It's like they're just sitting down and taking a nap or something. Like just nothing is fucking happening because they aren't thinking. They're just there, like they're being. Mm. And and it, it's it's almost like you pass off all of the process to your unconscious. Like 
the, the, the most primal part of your brain takes over. And so it is easy, natural and flowing. It does look simple the way that you're doing it because it is simple to you. Um, so I think I had, <laughs> I think I had a, I think I had a point about sex and sexting and, oh, right, 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 right. Um, and, and so I think the, the issue of shame here, if we can bring it back to the sex conversation is that like, I think, I think a lot of times we're as men shamed for having sexual desire. It's like, ew, gross boys, boys are into vaginas. Like, which is, which is ridiculous. Cause like we're wired to be into something for the most part, right? Like something about life or like one of the genders is going to turn us on, um, in some way there's, there's a draw and an appeal. Um, unless you're asexual, in which case I don't know how that works. Sorry, this might not apply to you, but for, for the vast majority of us, this is, this is, this is just who we are, right? This is what we are as beings. And so when we can get rid of that shame, I, I want to give an example of what that opens up. It's like when I get turned on with, on, when I'm with a girl on a date, I'll just tell her now like, oh yeah, what you did, what you just did there is kind of turning me on. And most of the time hearing that from me will turn them on too. And then it just become this cool echo chamber of like, okay, now we're just really fucking aroused. And okay, basically we're both of us are getting laid now. Like it's, 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 it's like a guarantee. Yeah. But with that shame in the way, like that never has an opportunity to happen. That feels like a life and death situation telling someone that you you're turned on. I've got a boner. That's basically what I'm telling a girl at that point. Right? Like, <laughs> That's I remember my dad saying that to me. He's he that was like the sex talk. I was driving in the car with my dad. He said the word boner, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> that definitely didn't turn me on, man. Or I was just like, my dad saying the word boner. That's what it must feel like for a girl. Boner? What? But, but I get what you're saying, man. Like shame in the way in the space. Like there's no possibility for you know, for that turn on. And you're saying when you're just vulnerable and you're just in the moment sharing how you really feel like, and she can feel that too. And then like, it's like, like you said, an echo chamber, it's just like, it's the, you know, it's just reverberating, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling this. So am I let's, let's go. Like, let's go in the dressing room of the sporting goods. <laughs> Get it on, man! Oh, wait, 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 wait! That's a very specific example. Did this happen? That's the, the, yeah, this. This yeah, seems yeah, like yeah. a first-person thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely happened. <laughs> I mean, it happened at Dick's Sporting Goods, and then it happened what? for me. Um, I used to work at this uh, rec center, man, and uh, my second wife, she was in it. We were. It was like one side of it was a rec center for like young people, and the other side was for older people, and we were in this area that was like a dining hall and it had those huge drapes, like they're not drapes, but like separators and the separators were opened and there was like a little, um, corner thing. And yeah, we just got in the corner of the wall and got it on, man. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's super adventurous. Um, dude, that's wild. Mm. I, but there was no, and there, if shame was in the way, that wouldn't have happened. Like, like you were saying, like, it was just like being in the moment and just, you know, expressing how our turn on and why, what's wrong with that? If you saw two dogs out, you know, whatever, they're not like 
there's no shame there they're just like they're fucking in front of you and in your family they're like humping each other like we're still animals and that's a part of us like i admire dogs for doing that shit they're not like worried about anything they're just doing their thing and it was like we i have you know have a lot of shit in the way that that there's something wrong with that and, and you know i'm not saying i would have been fucking in front of a bunch of old people who were in the dining hall that Making wouldn't have eye been contact me. with them yeah no <laughs> i would definitely not be doing that shit man um but i but you know there was just nothing to stop us like it was just this beautiful turn on and we were married and it was like why not you know didn't seem to in the moment there didn't seem to be anything wrong um two consensual adults that were turned on that cared about one another and it was like hey man let's do this yeah and I, so I, for the yeah for the this is not like this is a the these are two people who know one another feel safe with one another it wasn't like some random act with some random person um it was yeah it was, it was consensual as well yeah, this is also not us advocating that you go out and bang your partner in public because that might get you arrested. So don't don't don't, yeah, don't take that in advice. Yeah, do it. No, go. Hey, man, I'm all about nonconformity and being fucking sovereign. And if you want to fuck someone out in public and that's what you want to do, then you know, like you run the risk of getting arrested and you know what like that, that is the, that is the price of admission yeah it is man to to not be concerned with the good opinion of others like hey this is what i felt like i i just noticed that where shame comes from is because of all of the things that i've all of the people in um and uh institutions that i've subordinated to over the years where I was told this is okay and this isn't. Guess what? Nobody gets to dictate what is as it pertains to anything as far as I'm concerned. And it will piss people off and you might go to jail and you're you're definitely going to um, be an outcast or a, uh, considered an outcast or a heretic or a fucking lunatic. I'm okay with that shit now, man. I'm okay with, you know... Um, yeah, I'm okay with taking the hit, man. If I decide that this is right for me, then that's okay. Like, I don't have to explain something to someone that doesn't agree with me. I, just because I'm so passionate about it, just because I realize how much shame I carried and for how long because of the way that I was brought up and what I was told. So it wasn't trusting and understanding myself. I was told, you just shut up and be a good little boy and do what I tell you. And then I was confused as to who am I and what is right and what is wrong. So shedding those layers of subordination and being able to trust myself and do not for the sake of pissing others off, but really trusting myself and embodying that, that sovereignty that, Hey, this is what I feel is right for me and my partner in the moment. And if you don't, well, that's okay. Cause you don't, you don't have to, I don't, I'm, I don't have to uh, ask your fucking permission. I think, I think yes. And, and I think there's also like a line, like sure. if I, if I feel like I really want to shoot someone in the face, um, that, right. that logic gives me the right to do that. 
which I don't. Yeah, like I think I think I tend to draw the, and I know that you're not going for this, so I'm I'm adding the caveat in. Like, yeah, thank you, man. That's yeah. and that's so true, man. Like, you have to play devil's advocate, and um, yeah, I think that's important. Like, it's not like, hey, I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want. Like, it's the wild, wild west. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck you. I'm just gonna go out and do whatever the hell it is I want. And yeah, like you said, shoot you in the. I'm gonna shoot somebody in the face because I, that's what I feel like doing. Although people do do that shit, do, yeah. then there are repercussions behind that. There is going to be some sort of you, you, you know you're gonna have to answer to someone for doing something that um, heinous. Yeah, rule of thumb is is this gonna cause harm to this being? Yeah. Usually the easiest thing to anticipate is physical harm. So that's that's usually where I draw the line. Emotional harm is kind of that's I think I feel like that's kind of a little bit more ambiguous. It's like I can't control how my actions are going to emotionally impact someone cuz usually that's based off of the environment they were raised in. So like I might come in with great intentions, show up as me, and then it'll really fuck someone up, but is that on me then as a result? That's really hard to say. So it's easy to get into like kind of a like a weird like existential spiral about that. So I tend to just avoid that. But where I do draw the line is is this going to cause physical harm to another person? Um but but yeah, man, I I think I think what you're saying is like pretty much spot on. Like there's there's the degree of hey, I see that all these things have affected me and caused me to lose touch with my sense of self. I have like this manufactured personality that I built to fit in. So let me dismantle that. And then there's a way to do that where it's like, fuck you society for doing this to me. And I'm so angry. And that, and I feel like that reaction in of itself is still not like, not yet at the end of the journey of healing. Like when someone can get to a truly neutral place of like, Hey, I can see what's expected of me here. I can see what I want to do in this situation and I'm going to choose one of those things or maybe come up with a third one and they can do it from a place of like non-reactiveness. That's when they fully like really differentiated themselves. Um, but if you're at the angry stage, you're not doing anything wrong either. It's just like, know that that is still something that's controlling you. It's still like an outside force that's guiding your actions. That isn't fully part of you. I agree, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's definitely a line and it's not just black and white. And, you know, for me, it's just like, I have a lot of energy around. Um, yeah, there was a lot of shame and a lot of, a lot of stuff there. So you definitely appreciating you playing the devil's advocate here and like reeling me in a little bit and letting the listener know it's not like the wild, wild west. You just go out there and do whatever the fuck you want. Like, yeah, you punch somebody in the throat and then you drink a smoothie the side of your own face. It's the... Hey, yeah, yeah, none of that, none of that. Like, yeah, there, there are lines and, you know, um, for sure. But for me, having sex with my wife in that place at the time felt right. You know, to some people, it's like you're, you know, you're a nut job. What the hell are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I get it. Yeah, don't don't hurt another being. Don't be harmful. Um, make it consensual. Like, in learning to trust yourself. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. I didn't trust myself. And 
there was so much shame in the way of like everything. And it's just peeling back the layers and learning to trust myself. And like, what, what is the shame there for? And is it, did I, you know, is it, I've, I've carried it with me for so long from others, from the outside in. And it's like, okay, let me put that to the side. That's not serving me, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, no, go ahead. Man. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm done. I was ranting. Like, no. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think you're a ranting. I, I just like got really lit up because you, you mentioned something that I think is, is important. Um, and, and so tying it back to skill acquisition, I think all, all of this is really relevant. Like, we're taught to learn in a very specific way. You got to do it this way. Otherwise it's wrong. And a lot of times that's not correct either, right? Like it's just, those are the opinions of other people. And sometimes when we look at them, they don't make sense. Is having sex with someone that you care about in public, like a bad thing. If like no one sees you and you're just having a good time. I don't think there's any harm in that. Um, but there's a law against it. There's like a law against yeah peeling oranges in hotel rooms right that's illegal for some reason and, and it's it? yeah in, in california there's like other weird laws every state has weird laws wow like you can't kick a can three times in a row or something i, I don't know if that's just a simpsons episode or if it's an actual <laughs> law in like new hampshire or something or nursery rhyme or yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a but... song by drake <laughs> yeah it, it... <laughs> song by trick <laughs> but, but yeah i think i think there's that element of discernment like how many of these rules and restrictions apply how many of them make sense and like like as i navigate this as i grow as a being what limitations am i willing to accept and some of them are going to make perfect sense like again you don't want to be shooting people in the face but some of them aren't like peel an orange in a hotel room i don't fucking care right um jaywalk Right, <laughs> which yeah, didn't that recently just get struck down too? I don't, I don't know, man. I just that just came to my mind, but I, I can understand why they want you to cross at the light when it's red. But I, you know, yeah, I get it. Or when it's yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Did it get struck down? It it did, and I think it was. They were saying that it was like the automotive industry that went and like passed some laws to get people out of the roads because it used to be shared. So like they mm -hmm. were like, if we clear all the people out of the road, then more people will drive because like that was the number one complaint. Mm -hmm. So it was it was a law it was a law made with an agenda that was designed to sell more cars. So like, yeah, okay, we can get rid of that. And I think the same thing applies. Like when when I'm learning a new skill. Sometimes the rules that have been established are things that other people have told me. Like, mm -hmm. um, like in order to be like confident, meditation. you need to be fucking loud. Oh yeah, or like in yeah, meditation. Yeah, like we were talking about that earlier. Like to bring it back around. Like you know, you have it has to be this way, and and I have to sit in full lotus, and it hurts, and <laughs> like no, it doesn't have to be that way. Like that's it, you get to decide the way that's. And why can't it be comfortable? You know what I mean? Like you can't get it wrong. You know, that's, if I ha try to do it in a way that doesn't feel good for me, then I think shame will come up. And that's me subordinating to doing it a way that somebody said is the way. And I think it's like, there's my way, there's your way. There is no way. Like, why can't I be comfortable while I meditate? I, yeah. For me, I'll get the most benefit out of it. Like if I'm sitting there and it's, I, I can't still my mind because I'm so focused on that part of my body that's fucking aching. I mean, I get how that could be beneficial as well, but 
but I also think I don't want that for me personally, I'm going to choose not to go that route. And I think that's kind of what we were started out talking about you and I, before we flipped on the record switch. Yeah. Good callback, dude. Um, nice. I, well, think... I learned from the best brother. <laughs> we're we're Real, just constantly tying it back. We're making this shit relevant. Hell yeah, man. But yeah, man, I, I think that's, an, that's such an important point. Like it's, it's a personal journey. And it's like, what's the point of even fucking doing this if I don't like doing it? And, and sometimes that is the point. Like if, if I've set my personal compass to be like, hey, I really want to get out of my own comfort zone. I, I will seek out opportunities to be uncomfortable, but to a certain point. And, and, and lately it's also gotten to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to be uncomfortable in like maximum like two areas in my life. I'm going to do it for, for like business and maybe I'll do it when I'm at the rock climbing gym or something, but I'll never go across the board where it's like, I'm in discomfort in financial and like my relationships and my health and like everywhere is challenged. Cause that, that fucking sucks for me. And some people love it. Right. But like, yeah, Scott, Scott is raising his hands. Miss, Mr. Suffering. <laughs> no. yeah, certain, but like I said, those certain areas when yeah. it comes to fitness, I like it. What, my relationships, I don't want that. My, like also with my finances, I don't want that either, man. If I can't, if I don't have my finances straight, that probably means that I can't, I won't have my relationships straight either. So it's like, you know, I don't want those two areas. They've been uncomfortable or I've been uncomfortable in those areas. And I feel like I've gotten, I've definitely got some traction around both of those. Uh, and I want to be a better leader there. So it is uncomfortable at first because I have to pull my head out of the sand. I'm like an ostrich there. If I don't look at it, then it's, it'll be okay. It's not fucking okay. It gets worse by keeping my head stuck in the sand. Yeah. And then my relationship suffers because of it. So it's like, I don't want to struggle in those two areas. When it comes to fitness, I don't mind struggling there. Um, when it comes to business, I want to be an entrepreneur. So uh, again, I'm going to be uncomfortable. So, but not to the point where my nervous system is so dysregulated that I retreat and run in the other direction. It's like, just, I get to my edge. I get to my growing edge and I go a little bit over and I keep doing that a little bit over and it builds the capacity inside of me, inside of my, you know, and in my nervous system so I can keep going. So yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah, no, that, that's huge, man. Um, and to piggyback off of that, there, there are some dickbags out there who are like, you're not a real entrepreneur unless you quit your job and like cut off your financial lifeline and income is addictive and you just got to get rid of it and go. And that, I think that's such a destructive way of going about earning money. Like as, as Scott was saying, like anytime that I've like, if I, when I have zero income coming in, that's the worst fucking feeling in the world. And it impacts everything else. Like, if I'm not good financially, I'm not going to be in a position to start up a business. I had a friend quit like a really great like nine to five job where he's getting paid really well to do something that he loved to start up his own personal practice. But now he's frozen because like he's on a deadline, right? He's burning through his savings. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what the first steps are and he doesn't have income coming in and it's causing relationship strife for him. Like that dude is not in a good place. And, it, and I think it's because of people like that who are just like, you have to quit. You don't. You, you Your job is to find the balance for you where you can get to where you want to get 
in a reasonably comfortable state. And that's going to, sometimes it's going to look like a lot of struggle. Sometimes that'll be the only way, right? Like if you're stuck on the side of a cliff and you need to get down, you don't have rope. Your only option is to face the challenge that's in front of you. Life will demand that of you sometimes, but most of the time life is not that life and death struggle. And you get the choice. Like Scott was saying, you get the fucking choice Mm -hmm. to go easy on yourself. Sometimes you don't have to torture yourself into becoming successful. I, I couldn't agree more. And I'll share from my own personal experience. My first marriage, uh, I part of the reason why it failed was because I did just that. I was like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to quit my job, putting all of the burden on my wife. And we had two or three new kids. Like it, it didn't. And, you know, there was other extenuating circumstances behind me doing that, being unhappy, you know, whatever. I had no idea how to fucking run a business or be an entrepreneur, nor did I have the wherewithal to figure it out then. And it did put a lot of strain and so much fucking pressure. I, you know, I can't fix it. I can't go back and fix it. And we're not together anymore, but I own my part. And now I'm in a position to be doing that again. And I'm not in a relationship, but the way I'm going to do it is like what you said, Rob, it's not in a way that, yeah, fuck it. I'll just quit my job and I'm give up that income. It's like my job I'm grateful for because it provides me with a great source of income. I have lots of time off to work on my business. So the job is like the boat. Entrepreneurship is the dock. Now I'm going to take that boat and I'm going to get it as close to the dock as I can. Mm. And when the timing is good for me, I'm going to portage the boat and I'm going to jump onto the dock and I'm going to, you know, leave that behind. But I learned from that, you know, what I did in my marriage that I don't, it's like the universe will give you the, the universe will give you the same lesson until you mastered it. And for <laughs> me, that lesson keeps coming up and it's like, Sometimes I get frustrated. I don't want to have this job. Ah, and the thought, I'll just quit. Are you fucking kidding me, Scott? You remember what happened in your marriage? Yeah, yeah. you're not going to do that again. This is, this is your journey to figure this out. And uh, I like what you said there, man. It doesn't have to be, you know, like there's not shame in the way anymore. Because I, I know that that's how I did it in the past. I'm getting the lesson again. So let's do it the right way, man. Let's do it the right way. And for me, that is the right way. For someone else, it could be, hey, if you don't take a big risk, you don't get a big reward. I get it. Quit your, go ahead, quit your job. But listen, I'm hearing what your friend's going through. And it's, it, it, it made me feel sad. And I was like, it, like terrified almost because I know what it's like to be in a relationship and to have that kind of pressure, not only on me, but I, I put it on my family too. I was not a good leadership move, man. You know, maybe this guy doesn't have a kids, but he's also in relationship to a woman who's going to resent him for sure. Yeah. Perhaps I'm guessing, I don't know what kind of agreement they have, but that's a lot of pressure to put on your relationship and your partner. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I wish him the best and I, I'm trusting yeah. that he will figure it out. Um, yeah, for sure. But it's, it's just such a good example of this thing where I, I think as a society, we don't often give ourselves permission to make ourselves comfortable in a situation. Um, but like, I've, I've begun to think of it as another way of like finding the pleasure in the journey. Like mm. it doesn't necessarily mean that like, 
like I'm just in love with the process all the time. Sometimes it just is going to suck and I just need to do what I can to make that this suck less. And if that means that I create a little bit more safety for myself by not quitting my job, if it means that I let go of my rush to get to the end point of being the entrepreneur or like quote unquote more successful so that I can stop pressuring myself to be a certain way when I'm, I'm not there yet. That's, that's why I'm doing this process so that I can get there. Um, that's, that is enjoying the journey more. And it's so, I think it's so necessary in, in a world where you have super geniuses and like 18 year old billionaires and stuff. It's so easy to get caught in the rush to try to just transcend. Um, and, and, and I think Scott, Scott is such a brilliant example of this. Cause like I, Scott just mentioned how things were for him. And at the start of this, before we hopped onto the podcast, Scott was talking about how he's getting all these new business opportunities. He's getting hired out to like train the boys and girls club in his, in his region and possibly larger than that, uh, in conflict resolution. And it's, I'm, I'm willing to bet it's because Scott is kinder to himself now than he ever was in this process of becoming that entrepreneur. Yeah, man. And, and I, before I, I speak to that, I just want what you said was brilliant. Uh, and, and I would, I would recommend that the listener go back and rewind that part that you just spoke about, man. Uh, that was super important, probably a couple of times and listen to that about the journey and being kind to yourself because that's actually, I, I feel like you're right. That is my experience. I've let go of shame and I've become kinder to myself. And then in doing so, like it opens up space for me to be available uh, because I'm not in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry. And um, it just feels so much more enjoyable. Like I don't, there's nowhere to go. I'm there now. And just taking it moment by moment by moment, slowly, no rush, like, you know, just like the sex and the edging, man, enjoy it, man, slow down. So I really think the listeners should go back and rewind what you said a hundred times <laughs> or at least five. Never stop was, listening to this podcast <laughs> ever. And thank you for saying what you said, man. It, it's it. Um, I noticed if, uh, lately I, I I'm, like sometimes I find myself like in disbelief almost. And then I'm like, no, dude, no, man. Like own it. Like you, you, you've gotten to where you are, not by luck. Like, because you've done the work over the, over the long haul. It hasn't, this transformation has been a lot of years coming, man. And I'm really starting to enjoy the process, man. It's not, what is it? You're not entitled to the fruits of your actions, only your actions fruits. Well, I'm enjoying the process of, you know, my actions. Like I get to do this every day and it's not for any other reason than to, to come from a place of service because I was looking at, I'm in this men's group too. And it's, it's a father, the fatherhood initiative, I think it's called. And that we were looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and like at the bottom, you've just, you know, you're meeting your basic needs, food, water, shelter, clothing, and then you move up. And when you get to the top level, the, the top two tiers, that's when you're at like a level of mastery. But what do you do when you get all the riches and, and the awareness? 
you fucking, you put it down to the people who are coming up behind you, man. And I feel like that's where I'm getting to. Like I'm, I'm up here and now it's like, oh, I get to hand this off to the people that are coming up behind me because I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, people who are doing that for me right now, man. And uh, that's what it's all about. Like that gives me a, like such a, a sense of drive and purpose that I now have the opportunity to do what my mentors did and are doing for me for other people. And it, I noticed, I was like, oh, but I'm not them. I don't have to be them. I'm me. And I'm at where I'm at and I get to do this. And so, you know, it's again, removing the shame, removing the judgment, removing the, mm. it's gotta be this way. And just allowing myself to be in the present moment and recognizing myself and saying, you know what? You have worked hard. You, you didn't deserve this. You earned it, Scott. You earned the spot to be here at the table. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you to take your seat. We've been waiting for you to take your seat, Rob. And here you are. Enjoy it, man. Dude, yeah. I like that. I like that last point you brought up as well. Like, th I think for any person who's tried to start up their own business or start voicing what they what they have in their own heads, what they think that is important that they want to bring to the world, there's also like that voice of like what the fuck do I have to say that isn't like something that someone else has said, someone more important than me has said, someone smarter than me has probably said that. But there, there is that phenomenon of like, you know, how many books do we read in our lifetime? Probably dozens or hundreds. How many experts do we listen to? Videos do we watch? And there's a reason why we watch specific people right like we vibe with that individual and maybe they're not saying anything new but they are saying it in a way that we can hear it um and that's kind of the thing it's like it's almost like the message the message isn't irrelevant but it's like it's who you're being about the message that's important and and, and the, there's no real replacement for who you are like you're going to be high leverage for a group of people and I hope that group of people is huge. I hope that group of people is, is, is amazing and supportive and massive. And maybe it's five people that you change their lives. And maybe that'll be, that'll be the thing that you do. And that's going to be more impact than many of us have. Well, I don't know if that's true either. But I think it's, it is still worth taking the shot. Um, so if you have that voice in your head, um, just know that like, you probably already have a community of people that really value what you have to say. Um, and you putting that voice out there again and again and again is what's going to build your business for you. Um, but yeah, I think that's the gig. Like if, if I could summarize, I think the things that I am, I'm present to again and again and again, as we talk about achieving mastery, as we talk about skill acquisition are one, Hey, it's, it's very individual find the balance of challenge versus comfort that works for you. But ultimately this is about how sustainable and enjoyable the process is. Um, a big chunk of this is like, Hey, what rules have I been presented with, uh, from myself, from society, from people who have told me that you have to do it a certain way and what can I afford to give up? And then finally, what am I ashamed of? Where is shame holding me back from doing stuff? And can I address that shame so that I can show up clear, present 
in the moment without self-doubt or guilt or shame for making mistakes uh, as the master, even as I look to expand my domain of mastery. Anything that you want to throw in or anything that I might have missed? No, that was brilliant. I, I think the only thing that I would add is like, you know, everything is a copy paste. Like if I look at some of my mentors, they have had mentors and they take bits and pieces of what they learned from them and then put it into their, you know, into their, their own thing. So it, it's not that it's not unique. It's that, you know, and pretty much it's all been done. And it's just like, how do I create my own version of that? And I'm going to take bits and pieces of that. So I love what you said. And then for me, what used to get in the way was like, I'm not as good as them. And how could I, who am I to do? And I look at them and I'm like, they're doing the same thing. And they had to start somewhere. They didn't start coming out of the fucking womb all like fucking mastered up. Like they had to start at the bottom, just like we all do. And it, in the process takes years and years and years and it's never ending. I know for me as a man, I say this often is, I'm like a cake and I'll never be done baking, man. I'm never going to be done learning or growing or becoming who I came here to be. I can't wait to meet the motherfucker who I am at the, when I'm getting ready to leave this body and shake his hand. Cause it isn't going to be the guy that's having this podcast with you. And it's like, it's going to be some new, better version of me because I didn't quit because I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. It's already been done. <laughs> like, I'm going to figure it out like and 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 continue to find my way. Um, so, yeah. So you, you take bits and pieces of what land for you, like this podcast. If you get some value from this, you take what lands for you, you utilize it, and then you throw the rest away. Yeah. If all you got from this was how to start sexting people. <laughs> great <laughs> yeah dude if, yeah for sure like totally whatever it is if you got some sort of benefit from listening to rob and i rant and talk about sex <laughs> business and entrepreneurship and being in pain and edging and orgasms and vaginas and penises if you got anything then we did our job yeah 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 i mean i think that's that's a perfect capstone for this um so yeah, if you if you got something out of this, and you if you're if you're feeling like you want to pay it forward, um, pass this along to someone that you care about that you think will benefit from this thing. Absolutely, man. I yeah, pass it along, pay it forward. Like that's the thing, you know. Share it with someone, and uh, I, I appreciate all you guys for taking the time to come over and listen to Rob and I talk about all this fun stuff. And uh, yeah, keep laughing, warriors. Boom. Thank you for being here. We love you. Peace. Peace.